In memory of the Martyrs of Faith, in this documentary, we bring to you exclusive footage from the Skoan archives, where witnesses and survivors give their accounts of what happened September 12, 2014. I want to salute the martyrs, our people that are so faithful to God, the God-generous people that know the God they are serving. I want to salute them. They was all over the world. I want to say thank you. I salute your faith. The message I have for you, I will read it page by page so that you can be able to write it down. Thank you. Let me first of all say thanks to the following organization and their support. First, the state we are today, Lagos State, and the federal government of Nigeria, thank you very much for your support and your prayer. And there's the security agencies of different bodies. You know, I will not be able to mention you one by one. We have many security agencies around. I want to salute you and also to thank you very much for your love and your prayer and your support. Let me also remember engineers and the humanitarian group with their equipment. For some days now, I want to say thank you once again for your support. Rescue from different bodies. You just see people from everywhere. Let me remember the doctors. What wonderful people. All over, all over. Not even Nigeria alone. All over, doctors everywhere and their hospital too. Media, well, I want to say thank you, media, because I know the relationship of Jesus Christ with media in the Bible. Yes, Imana TV is the media of synagogue. If we fight media, we are fighting Imana TV. So we want to salute you. Thank you very much. Members and partners all over the world. A big thanks. I'm giving you a hug. Thank you for your prayer and all. Neighbors, thank you very much for your support and your prayer. Clergy and Christians all over the world, I want to say a very big thanks and I salute your faith. Let me remember diplomatic missions all over the world, we receive letters from nearly all embassies praying and supporting us in prayer and asking what can they do. I want to say thank you, diplomatic mission all over the world. Thank you very much. I want to use this opportunity to thank you. There are many organizations I will not be able to mention. If there is any organization, I'm not mentioned here. I want to say thank you for your prayer and for your love. Yes, I want to start my message here. I will just give you a detail because the security agencies need to do their job. In a nutshell, let me start from the very day. That was Friday morning. I was in the mountain. I left there at exactly 8 a.m. in the morning. And I received a phone call immediately where I left 
I received a phone call immediately I got here. Just 10 minutes interval. When I was in the church, there was a jet hovering, moving around, a very close rain at the mountain, which I had just left. The place I left at the mountain, I received a phone call that there is a jet moving around that spot where I told them that I was in the church. Before I knew it, I received a phone call again that there was a jet here, the same jet here, at the church, hovering around a building, passing over the building four times at a very low rate before the building collapsed. So we are going to show you the video because the CCTV covers September 12, 2014. A building at the Synagogue Church of All Nations collapses after a strange aircraft flies low multiple times over it before disappearing. SCOAN visitors capture the strange aircraft on their cameras at the entrance of the building. A SCOAN visitor's photo. A strange aircraft flies low over a building at the Synagogue Church of All Nations. This is the enlarged view of the photograph taken. It reveals the close proximity at which the strange aircraft flew over the building shortly before its collapse. Let us listen to the visitors who took the photo, saw the aircraft, and survived September 12, 2014. Uh, my name is Shadrach Manzin. I'm from South Africa. So uh, we arrived here on the 11th. After the service at the main uh, church, we went uh, out for lunch. When we, uh, I was entering the, the other part of the church, I wanted to take some pictures of the synagogue uh, building pictures. And I took two pictures from there. While, while I was taking the last picture, is when I discovered a very big giant aircraft. <laughs> it's something which it was unusual, actually, the way it looks. It was not looking like a passenger flight or an ordinary flight. So I asked myself, oh, what's okay, I thought maybe because the airport is too close and then the the aircraft is going to land because my worry it was, yeah, it was too low, low from the building. So in South Africa, normally that kind of the planes, such big aircraft, they don't just fly close to the buildings. So I just told myself that because the airport is too close, so the flight is trying to maybe to go and land. There's a certain lady that came in on inside the canteen, shouting and screaming, crying, that they could the building collapse is yeah so it's then when we went outside to see is when we saw the building uh, collapsed i zoomed the picture where i saw the aircraft clearly on the picture this is a photograph taken by mr shadrach on his cell phone a look at the upper left hand corner reveals the strange aircraft as it flew over the building by the time the incident happened there was a lot of talks on it until when the man of God revealed what really happened is when I went back to my photo, all the photos I took. My name is uh, Toby Lebago. I'm coming from South Africa. When I entered the, the, the building, I heard the aircraft and I did not care about it. I went inside uh, the dining hall because it was lunchtime. 
uh, uh, on the queue. I was saved, and uh, was I was a uh, 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 preparing coffee for myself. Uh, I had a big sound behind me. Uh, it, 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 it was uh, something like like a like a big bang. You see, so when I looked up, I saw the 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 the, the, the slab is falling down, and uh, because of my experiences, you see, because I'm a health and safety officer and uh, I've been trained on what to do when a beam is falling on top of you that you have to go to the opposite direction. And then I ran to the opposite direction I, and as I was running through the opposite direction, I saw the walls that they were cracking all over there. And suddenly I was on the floor and it was dark. You see, as if it was not during the day. And uh, it was very, very hot and it was dark on the inside. But in some cases, you could feel that there was fresh air coming. You do not know where this fresh air is coming from. We prayed to God and thank God and thank uh, 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 Prophet T.B. Joshua for praying for us. My name is Mick Milambo. I'm from South Africa, originally from DRC. I was walking with my friend, this Joseph, but... He's not here. He went back in, the, in, the, in South Africa today. The time we walk, we just crossed the, the gate here. We saw that aircraft. It was just past here. Just slowly, slowly, big aircraft. That's my friend told me, hey, if you see the craft like this one, that is trouble. Mm, the sand was not that big. It was small. And it was big aircraft, very big, but it was passing just uh, not far, but uh, slowly. And after that, we just go into that same building, that one, the aircraft passed there. Is that the same building, that one we was going? Our lunch, we were supposed to take there. After that, they start even saving the lunch. We manage even to get our lunch. And uh, I can say about after 10 minutes, I get, I hear just the sound, something like puff, you know, like glass, when they break the glass, it was those, because we was, we was just uh, like uh, the wall was behind us, just to look what happened there, and we see this thing was coming to us, it's fast, it was very fast, very fast, is that the sound that one I can hear, puff, everyone was down. And we start calling each other, and we start praying. We was praying, 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 praying. God is great. We didn't cease to, to shout the name of Jesus down there. Hello, Emmanuel. Uh, you're speaking to Charles uh, Longwane from uh, uh, Jobek, Johannesburg. Uh, on Friday, we were in the church, and in lunchtime, we got out, and then we were moving to the the where they gi they're giving us food. Uh, while we were going, and then next to the building that uh, was fallen, I've seen the aeroplane was coming to the building. But I was with my friend; he was just taking photos for the synagogue building. That flight when it comes I didn't think that it will come to the building because it was coming as like it's gonna pass the building but suddenly when we see it on the photo it was turning to the building it was big it was 
big, but this, the, it was not having sound too much. The sound was not too much because if it was too much, I think everybody was going to look up. It was a silence one when it was just moving and it was moving very slowly. Uh, it looks like a jetter. It looks like a jetter. It doesn't look like an ordinary plane that we take when you go somewhere or anything. After that, then we pass the building. We're going where we're going to eat. And then my friend was still taking those uh, photos. Um, that is what I've seen from there. Then that was it. What I'd like to confirm is what people they saw on the Emmanuel TV, the clip the Man of God showed. Some they say, no, it looks like a bed. It's not an aircraft. But I'd like to confirm it that that one, it was an aircraft. We saw it. We witnessed it. And we thank God because on one of the pictures taken, the, uh, the aircraft was captured. I like to believe that it was a plan of God that pushed that excitement to like to take those pictures. It was the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. Security footage, September 12, 2014. A strange aircraft flies low over a building at the Synagogue Church of All Nations multiple times before the incident. And after the incident, the strange aircraft does not return. September 12, 2014. Take note of the upper left-hand corner of the screen. A strange aircraft flies over the building at the Synagogue Church of All Nations before the incident at 11.30 a.m. Thirteen minutes later, the strange aircraft flies low over the building before the incident, 11.43 a.m. Just two minutes later, the strange aircraft returns and flies lower over the building before the incident, 11.45 a.m. Nine minutes later, the strange aircraft returns and again flies low over the building before the incident, 11.54 a.m. This is the moment of the incident. You are about to watch the CCTV footage of the September 12 incident at the Synagogue Church of All Nations from cameras at different angles of how it took place. This is what the building looked like before the September 12 incident occurred. Now, watch the CCTV footage from a different angle, showing a closer view of the building from the second camera. Footage from another CCTV camera, positioned facing the end of the building, reveals the incident from another, closer angle. 
Take note of the building in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. From this angle, you can see clearly the precise moment of the incident. Take note of the top of the screen, as the CCTV footage, played in slow motion, reveals exactly what happened to the building, frame by frame, during the incident. Look again to what happens to the building during the exact moments of the incident as the CCTV camera continues to reveal in slow motion each moment of the incident. This is the moment of the incident. Can you see? The whole thing became powder and rubble. No single appliance was brought out when the building went down. No single appliance was brought out when the building went down. Okay, thank you, thank you. Let me continue my message. After the fourth time, we could not see the aircraft again. Let me read a little message for you before I bring out some detail. This environment, we have never witnessed an accident of a building collapse. This is to tell you that we have a stable terrain in this Ekotoyegbe. I've been in this community for the past 30 years. No record of building collapse. As a minister of the gospel, our first priority is life saving. There is no compromise in what we do at all. I'm going to leave this for you to judge. Take note of that. I'm pregnant of the word. We have left the security to do their job. Let us believe take note of that and educate our people and be alert why we should believe so that our country will not witness similar incident in another place this is not the first time if we believe we will educate our people and be alert no matter how long a lie is sustained, truth will someday prevail. We should remember the militant that came with his group to this church with bomb, and he was arrested, and it was televised. Upon televise it and show it on the screen, all groups were saying it was lying. But later, they discovered that it was true. Because 
they felt their presence somewhere. And the case of the militant is still with the security hand. And the whole pressmen news all over the world. The whole story first, first, first. Let us listen to what this man has to say. My name is Mustafa Omar. I'm from Adama State, Yola. And I'm a Boko Haram member. And that Boko Haram member is a court. And that court, I know why I joined the court. So from that place, many, many souls who kill from Adama to Mediguri side, Munchika, from Munchika to town of Gata. Okay. What brought you here? This is my first time to come to Lagos. And you came to where? And we come to this uh, synagogue church. We drop at this uh, junction here. Junction opposite church here. Opposite the church there. Okay. When you stop there, what for? So we stop there. The moral use will come to that church. We come to this uh, junction here. Opposite the junction there, one house somewhere used to sell something. What's this selling? You sell all these sweets, soap, cigarettes, many all these provisions. Okay. When you met the man, what else? So when we met the man, so we, we are five in number, so I hold the bag, the bag will hold, the instruments will come with it. I meet the Malam, I say, Malam, please help me just keep this bag. You met the man, and you asked him to keep the bag. The bag with him. The bag contains what? It contains some instruments inside, sir. What is the instrument? The instrument, all those instruments say to destroy, to kill, say bomb. Bomb, okay. I give him the bag, say, I, I keep this bag for me, say no. He don't keep anything here for okay. anybody. Okay. Because I speak my language in Hausa language, so that because I'm the only person I see that is my brother here, that is why. Okay. So he don't he refuse to collect the bag. Okay. So we decide to carry the bag and go with it. I say let's sit down here and eat. Okay. So after we eat, that is where we think to do prepare our mission here now. So we sit down there eating food, then bring food for us. We are eating. So they are eating. So the woman has television in her show. We are watching the television. We are watching the television discuss between us. You are watching what? So we just, that is Emmanuel television. I saw you particularly. You are preaching to people that time. Okay. So as you are preaching to people now, we are just sitting down eating. By the time you pray and you lay a hand, something like this to your hand, it just be like you are doing with us. You just lay your hand to, to our face. As you just, at once you just lay your hand like this. And that, that hand you lay, and you lay it for, for our face, direct. So that is where the, 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 all our plans, everybody, just confusion, just come between us. Assume you people were not there when the prayer was going on. What was the plan? Our plan is to take the source. At this junction here, in this Nago church here, that is where we will enter. That is so where I tell that us. bomb inside the bar. Okay, how would you people do them? It just be like something like meter. So there's wire that will draw and mix, join it. And as the button will press, we can set it one hour, we can set it to explode at one minute. We can set it to explode at three minutes. So, so, you, so you that, if, we come, if we set it at five minutes, if we drop it, before that five minutes, we'll leave that place. You people will leave the place? We'll leave the place. What will happen? All the souls around there, everybody will go. What is your problem? Why are you here? Why I'm here? Since that day, I want to, I want to go back home. I don't fit to go back home again. Why? Anytime I lie down, I will be seeing you. 
So the thing is disturbing me too much. It's disturbing me. So what, is, what is disturbing you? You are disturbing me now. I don't know what I did to you now. Where is your colleague, the other people? Everybody scatter now. Everybody scatter. Why you alone? Why me alone? I don't know why I just stand alone. Because the thing is bothering me too much. This is my first time to come to Lagos. So other people will still be in Lagos? I don't know where we are now. They, All they're on the phone. Nobody agreed to pick his call again. Okay. Every, what are the bag the, with bombs? Our master, the name is Balare Benasuru. He take it back. Okay, how do you come about these things? What gives you the courage to do this? How do you manage to have the heart to do what you are doing? Simple. And I use Arabic language to write it. After I write it, then wash it, then give me as a drink. That is the day you I drink get it. it. I drink it. That is the day I get the liver. After I drink it, I have the soul. I have the mind to kill the souls. Okay, why do you want to see me? Why can't you run away? Now, everybody run away, but you. Why are you coming here to say this kind of thing? Why? What is worrying you? Tell us. Why am I coming to this place? I want to go. I don't have the spirit to go again because you don't have the spirit to do it again. I don't have the spirit to do it again. Anytime I just lie down. That's why I don't want to sleep for night. I'll always be seeing you. You don't, you don't sleep in the night. I don't want to sleep. I see you'll be disturbing me, telling me I should not go to you. I'll be praying for me. You lay your hand on me. That's why. Since he could not sleep and he could not rest and he has no peace, he said he want to die if I don't release him. I don't know why he should say that. Why other people have run away, and, and I know anywhere they are to, they are under bondage. Serious torture. Wish this man could not be a age. And he say he will not run away, he want to get free. I want to tell you that for the past two weeks now, I've been wearing these jeans. Can you see? This is two weeks now. I wore it last week. I wore it yesterday, the same dress I'm wearing now. You should know that something is going on. I'm in a serious battle for the past two years. Those who look at me yesterday would know that this is what I wore. Last, this is what I wore too. The same. I would have wear the same shirt yesterday, but because there is no way I could put it together, people will see the same thing, the same service yesterday is today. It's not possible for me to stand in your midst and begin to tell you what I have seen in the spirit about to happen. But I've seen it for the past three weeks. But I've also set a trap. All the look on corner of the church. That anywhere the trap should cash. Not even, we don't want them to enter here. Because entering here will create fear. But not just at the mayor discussion concerning the issue, the trap for the past three weeks. But I will not stand here to tell you, but I can be telling you the prophecy about the other nature. But concerning me, I know. <laughs> what will you do for me now? What will you do? You have been praying for me already. If I now stand up and say this, what is going to happen? I don't know what the way you look at it. So I keep it to myself. Jesus gave the strength. Here is a brother here. I want him to be released. Because the heart wants to cut. He could not help himself. Doesn't know the direction to follow. So he cannot close eye.
cannot sit down. He cannot do anything. So my mission is to separate him from the spirit that is controlling him to do that. We are not to fight mere flesh and blood. We are to be armed for battle. The thought of evil against the anointed man of God is a crime. And it's abomination to God if you are a true man of God. That thought, just sitting down somewhere, anywhere you are, you are thinking of what can we do? How do we get him? How do we destroy him? How do we fool him? How do we disgrace him? It's God you are talking about. Touch not my anointed and do him no wrong. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Pero en este momento la liberación de este hombre, miembro. Es miembro del equipo terrorista. Who are you? Who I am? Yes. Can you face me? Can you face me? Yeah? Hey. 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 In the name of Jesus. Why is it out? Whatever they must have given you that inspire you to keep people. Why is it out? Out! Permite. En este momento esta sustancia, ordenada por el profeta Trilloso, esa sustancia que lo ha incitado a matar personas. Recuerde, este es un miembro del equipo de terroristas de Boca Haram. ¡Jay! ¡On the floor! He's looking at the person that he's talking. ¡On the floor! Imagine they carry that bomb inside this place. Okay, stand up. Run. 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 Recuerde que es miembro del grupo terrorista. Se ve la pantalla en el brazo. Have you attempted any operation before and it failed? I never failed before. 
There's the operation we're going Air Force Base in Meduguri. Air Force Base in Meduguri? Yes, almost. You, you are one of them? Yes. Even we go to uh, Adamawa State in Munchika. Last two weeks passed now. And you never attempt anything and fail before? We never failed. How many this one fail? Why this one fail us now as we come to this Snago Church now? Why we fail this? It's what the problem is when we go to eat. And since we are going to any job like this, we didn't think to go and eat because we've already satisfied ourselves before we come out. But we don't know what pushed us. We say, let's enter inside the shop to go and eat. After we, are, we sit down there eating, because we are five in number, we face the television. When you lay your hand in the television, you just open your hands like this. You just on your, our face. That's where the confession just come. Everybody just finding a way. Okay. Place your hand on your chest. terrorista de Boko Haram, confesando cómo él realiza los ataques terroristas, las bombas para asesinar gente masiva, diciendo que nunca ha fracasado en sus intentos, que no explica cómo él fracasó este intento aquí en la Sino Iglesia de todas las naciones. La voz de la confesión. La oración por parte del profeta Tibillosa. La voz de la confesión se toma. Il dit qu'il était dans une, la secte de Boko Haram, qu'il avait déposé une bombe au sein de l'église. Il a mentionné comment elle a été initiée dans cette secte. Il dit qu'ils ont écrit quelque chose en langue arabe. Ils l'ont lavé, ils l'ont fait boire. Et c'est comme cela qu'il a le cœur de pouvoir tuer quiconque. How are you feeling now? How are you feeling? My God. Yeah? Thank you. Oh, he's crying. Thank you. He's crying. He said thank you. He feels different. He said gracias. Llorando. It's now a very person himself used to know. If you give him something, he can't slap people now. Talk less of killing people. So he has been delivered. He has a lot to say. Because so far, so the, a, a lot has gone. He's going to shit out everything that they have eaten. Because everything is neutralized now. But they say, want this you used to wear. Yes. I'm used to wear it because... That and the thing even tights me. But how do you know that I'm wearing something? Because. You say what? 
He said, how did the man of God know that he used to wear something on his waist? <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm very sorry. Be was all over the world. And uh, I know you want me to ask a lot of questions or whatever. He has said it all. The operation he has gone. He said this is the first time he is failing. So whatever you want to hear, that is not my nature. My nature, I love people. I, don't, I'm not, I can't fight mere blood and flesh, but the spirit being that caused this. My duty is to deliver him. Thank you. So if you are, if you are thinking of repercussion, what will have happened if 200 people just die and the name of the ministry? If you are thinking about that, you should also think about Christ on the cross for you. I know you asked me, why synagogue? That is a question that is going through you. Why this church? Yes, don't forget the spiritual blessing that God has betrayed on us. A big head wears a large heart. Don't quickly forget about Ebola issue too. It was God that rescued this ministry from the issue. They want to put each up Ebola. If possible, they will have dodged an Ebola patient and drop it inside the church. You remember the test message you received that Ebola is in the church? Don't go there. Cook hot water, put salt. Say TB Joshua. You are forgotten, don't forget. God rescued this ministry from that. They were trying to scare you from coming to this church. I know my hour has not yet come. I have not yet finished my job. I have not finished my job. I have not finished my job. Anything close to Jesus receives attack. Don't forget the message you have been receiving for the past two weeks. I was talking to you in parable. Go over the message. You will see the picture. That when a situation like this comes, you should know how to handle it. It has come and God is on top of the matter. Let me remind you what I said during the last Sunday, that what will be happening between now will be much, much greater than 10 years. How many of you were in the service? I want to assure you that our God will get back to them. Listen to me. God will get back to them, the agent of Satan, and you will know when he gets back to them. You will know, ah, because of what happened, look at what happened. You will know. And I'm happy the whole thing starts here. I will tell you the reason why I say the whole thing starts here. From the beginning, it has been a battle. If you notice, I have been talking to you for the past two weeks now in parable. I want to show you some document here. 
This document, I think my wife is just seeing it now for the first time. Only those who receive it from the email department and I. And those who receive those documents, I want them between me and you and God. Nobody should see this document. But because of what has happened, I think, let me just show you one. Just one. I want somebody to come out read this uh, document with the picture. Man of God, my name is Emmanuel Anaja. I'm from Kogi State, living in Jos, right now with my parents, who is a soldier. I have a confession to make. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ as Savior. I'm a Boko Haram member. I came to Squan to plant a bulb in the Synagogue Church of All Nation, but I could not do it because of God who called you. I went back to Jaws with a bomb, which I still have with me. Now I want to show the whole world the God you serve. Man of God, Senior Prophet T.B. Joshua, please talk to God for me, for the Bible says confess your sin to one another. So this is the picture of the man. For security reasons, I think uh, I will not give you more than that. This is one out of thousands. The reason why I'm showing you this, because for you to know the God you are serving, God wants to reveal to you what he has been doing you don't know. Probably we may not appreciate what he has been doing. And I know if I have shown you this, those who are faithless may not come here again. If I have shown it in the past, faithless generation may not want to come. It's not one, it's not two, it's not three. I've picked and I report them to the securities. You know what it means for the church whom you have read so much to show something on the screen? It might have confirmed it's true. Because, you know, it's not normal to show something that is not true on the screen. I show it for a good two months. Still yet, they say it was not true. Not until you saw their presence somewhere. What happened, we should believe it so that we can educate our people to be alert. If not... I said it last time, because I'm Boko Haram. What you are seeing now is not going to stop here, but our God will get back. Maybe this will be the end of the whole thing. And I want to salute the martyrs of people that are so faithful to God, the God generous people that know the God they are serving, I want to salute them. Thank you all over the world. I want to say, well, the story we read for the past three days, you know, I remain silent, I have to, because I know my life has been like that. Right from the beginning of my life, People will lie, but they will still come back to the truth. My life has been like that. And that is a good life. For people to lie against you first, 
before they realize the truth. If people realize the truth at the beginning, the story may not wind up because there's story all over. Here I am, I leave you for you to judge. I'm a prophet, security, they have a job to do. Thank you very much. Let's watch the difference between what happens when a building collapses because of controlled demolition and when a building collapses because of structural failure. We will leave you to judge for yourself. What you are about to watch are controlled demolitions in the nation of Nigeria. This is the controlled demolition of the old Nitel building in Abuja, Nigeria, July 27, 2013.
This is the building at the Synagogue Church of All Nations in Lagos, Nigeria, September 12, 2014. This is the controlled demolition of the Bank of Industry Building in Lagos, Nigeria, September 21, 2008. Controlled demolitions in the nation of Nigeria. On July 27, 2014, six weeks before the incident at the Skoan on September 12, 2014, Prophet TB Joshua gave a word of prophecy about a cloud covering Nigeria, as close as my mouth. Let's listen to him. I came back from Colombia. I wanted to travel from there to another country, but I came back home because there is a cloud that covers Nigeria. I want to witness how this cloud would despair. Cloud may trouble. Look at what is happening here. You will not see it on national TV, but if you learn that they bomb there now, one of you will call CNN that they are bomb synagogue. A rescue agency spokesman in Nigeria says Friday's collapse at a church complex in Lagos killed at least 42 people. As many as 130 others may have been pulled from the rubble of the synagogue Church of All Nations. Look at what is happening here. You will not see it on national TV, but if you learn that they bomb there now, one of you will call CNN that they are bomb synagogue. Oh, what is happening? You will never see it on the pages of national newspaper, international. You will never see it. Every good thing. But if anything bad happens in front of the church, one of you, Nigeria, will be the one to make a call. You are destroying your country, selling your country at nothing. It's a very painful thing. You are the one destroying your country, you, Nigerians. The image you are given to your country is bad. You destroy your image, you tell your nation it's bad, everything is bad, it's good, it's bad. And I'm telling you something far, 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 but now I'm telling you something as close as my mouth. One thing is clear, I have never seen where lie overcome truth. Take note of that. I have never seen where lie overcome what? Truth. Mm. Truth will always what? Prevail. Prevail. I pray, Father, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. 
Let's listen to some structural and civil engineers from international bodies who inspected the foundations of the Skoan building in the aftermath of the incident and gave their professional views. I'm Dr. Stephen Asherin Toga. I am a civil engineer. I am a structural engineer. I'm a, a, a materials engineer. I've lectured in many universities and even now I'm still a lecturer. I happen to be also a dean of the Faculty of Engineering in Tanzania. I come from Tanzania. And the subjects that I teach are exactly on these structures. I studied uh, in Europe, I taught in Europe, then I came here, the year 2005. I also know the regulations of constructions, what really happens in a country like Nigeria, even Tanzania, they use the so-called British standards in, let us say, concrete structures. Now, I also know that if officially a recognized company takes a job like this, it has to be up to the standard. And I also know the British, let us say, codes, I can talk a lot about this. What happened in this uh, building, as I can see, the interaction between the, this uh, uh, foundation base, you see, and the soil has opened up so wide that even if the, let us say, the soil was having, uh, was of low strength, you see, then actually it will still have uh, an excellent response. In other words, the soil will just have just like a touch, meaning that no actually suppression of a let us say foundation. And this is why, as you can see, the foundation itself here, as you can see, it is healthy. This type of steel is the, the type of steel that is of highest strength in the world. I studied in a European continental program type of education from Aristotle University of Thessaloniki. You see, so I know this type of steel is the best steel that you can ever have. You see, and as one of my colleagues said here that these columns are, you see, more than, you, you, you know, six. And even the cross-section, this cross-section of this steel, is just too much, you see. And also, uh, if you observe this one here, okay, from the foundation to this height, it means there is the interconnection between the foundation and into the upper continuation of the column, joining the structure with the, the beams that are up there, you see, meaning that there was even more, you see, reinforcements than just these ones you are seeing. You see, then this kind of uh, material that is used for uh, what we call it stirrups or rings, rings that tie this. They use, this is a 10, 
Why 10? Why 10 means what? It is actually 10 millimeters. Standardly, we use 6. This is 10. And I'm talking here because I'm a university lecturer. And I prepare groom engineers that are, I mean, I, 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 I want to get their degrees. I've even also done a lot of research, supervised people who are, who are doing, let us say, masters and doctorates. So I know what I'm saying. Come to this material, this here, this, this beam here. You see, it's a beam interconnecting that foundation and the, the other one. An extra effort made by the company that built it. You see, normally this kind of thing is, can be put in a super sensitive foundation in terms of a, an area or a zone that has got a high, you see, level of a earthquake effects. As I can also see the materials used. In terms of, uh, let us say, let us say aggregates. These are called aggregates, you see. And uh, the different sizes that are used precisely because of uh, this kind of uh, diversification of the aggregates, then it simply means this, that actually the interwovening of uh, the, this material concrete as a brittle material is well interwoven together with the letter say from the aggregates that are big then come to the smaller sizes of the aggregates then come to the uh, to the sand itself then come to the cement itself which is a paste that interwove woves the, the the concrete itself as i'm seeing here the way it is compacted it means that it is super perfects the extent of the degree of effectiveness in the excellence of construction of this building. How, how high do you think this building, looking at the foundation, could go? Uh, with this kind of foundation, it could go to even more than 12 stories. I have seen the building in the, in, you know, as it was being shown. And I saw the height of, uh, let us say, between one floor and the other one. Actually, the higher the height that is of, uh, between the floor and the floor, the more uh, resistance to destruction the structure is. And this structure, this building, had that quality. You see, this happening could only have been done and done pre-planned, you see, uh, arrangement of, uh, I can say, knowledge people like me. Why? Because we as engineers, in civil engineers, civil engineering, we are even taught how to demolish, let us say, buildings. Therefore, there are methodologies that are taught officially, and we teach, actually, how to do that, this job. You see, one of the character of, uh, I mean, of the thing that is uh, uh, within that uh, kind of uh, knowledge is 
whenever you are doing this, you must make sure that, you see, the building just has to fall within its plot. In other words, within its own foundation. It's like, it is like making the building to kneel down, just like that. And very quickly, you see, very quickly, very quickly. Why? Because you actually strike, you know, artificially at where, you see, this material here is brittle. Brittle, it means it's not ductile. Now, brittle means that actually it doesn't have this strength, the tensile strength, in this manner. In this manner, okay, to elongate it. If you get a chalk and you tension it, it will just go. You see? So, actually, when it, it will just crack very suddenly without extending. You see? Now, we do know that you start with the, this uh, type of uh, this material. You see? You weaken it very quickly. Then, when you, in the process, as you weaken it very quickly, you see, then the whole building will rest on. On, on, uh, on only one thing, that is the steel. Yet the design considers the interworking together of the two materials, concrete and the steel, as one. You see, this is actually the, the, the thing. Now, when you take away one material, then, you see, accumulate everything on this, then this is why you see these ones, they had to, 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 to like, uh, sink. You see, because they are alone, then immediately the building has just to kneel down, you know, and very quickly. And the, 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 process, the process that we use is that once you detonate somewhere, then it goes pa -pa 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 -pa. and then in seconds, I can say even more. So not to exhaust you, you see, this is actually what I have to say. Thank you. If you can see the size of the rod, I mean the iron, this size is Y20. And where is the ring that gather the, the iron together, it's Y10. And you see that the base is still remain the same, without it to one side or other side. My name is Alfius Mamafa. I'm from South Africa. Uh, I did civil engineering. I specialize in buildings. And most of the buildings have been constructed by Y12. And these are the Y20, the strongest. And if you can check the, the type of reinforcement, the reinforcement on it, uh, mostly we get one, two, three, four, five, six on a column. And this is more than six. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, around about ten for reinforcement. And the strongest reinforcement that we ever get in the buildings. This is the strongest column that we will ever get. Nothing will shake this. Because as we can see, this reinforcement, you can't shake them, especially with the concrete inside. Concrete makes it more strong because concrete on itself, it's so strong. What about with this reinforcement? This, you can't shake it anymore. And if you can see here, this reinforcement... It has been it had been for reinforcement on the on the ground here. There is there is a concrete reinforcement here, and the concrete reinforcement here 
it's so strong, this beam. And the other thing, the structural failure will always happen on a foundation. That's why there's no any other building that will be constructed without inspectors checking on your foundation. A crack on a foundation, it's a structural failure. So, because of the weight that is coming from above, here you find no crack on anything. It's so strong. That's why, the, so here, I don't see any structural failure on this building. Okay, my name is Tabo Pieha from South Africa. Um, I'm qualified as a civil engineering technician and a candidate as an um, engineering technician with the uh, EXA. Um, from my observation, what I've uh, noticed or what I've seen uh, from this, um, from the exposed foundations, um, uh, basically when, when the structure is failing, you will also notice from the foundations that the structure is failing. So uh, by merely looking at the, the bases that are exposed from the entire building, you can see that the bases are still firm, they're standing. On the columns, you can see the amount of reinforcement that has been used here. And um, the, the concrete, well, the concrete also can be tested. But from seeing the columns and uh, some bases that are lying around the site, it shows you that uh, most of them, uh, they fell and they were still intact uh, up, up until after the, the collapse of the building. So according to my own observation, I believe that um, uh, the, the, the structure has been affected in a different way other than the structural failure. Thank you. Let's now hear from one of the international news journalists who flew in to cover the aftermath of the event. Take your time to watch the rest on the internet. Eleven thirty AM. A military aircraft flies at low altitude over the church precinct. Eleven forty-three. Another aircraft along a similar flight path. 11.45, it happens again. 11.54, the plane circles for a fourth time at low altitude. 12.44, the building collapses. is the synagogue church of all nations it's a sunday morning it's packed full of people and surrounded by the synagogue is a number of hostels a number of accommodation facilities for people who come to the church it is literally 20 meters away from where the building collapsed on the 12th of september back in 2014. the building precinct is heavily guarded 24 hours a day apart from some of the initial rubble being removed the site has not been touched since the incident happened. There are two very opposing theories on what happened on the 12th of September 2014. 
here we are outside uh, the Synagogue Church of All Nations. It is a Sunday morning here, so a busy, busy time here uh, on the streets of Lagos. And uh, we're standing literally uh, at uh, the uh, scene uh, where almost exactly a year ago, uh, the, this building, the guest house outside the Synagogue Church of All Nations, 118 people lost their lives and also uh, including 85 South Africans. So uh, we're here now and we wanted to just talk uh, uh, to one of the guys who uh, set up or wrote a paper uh, talking about um, the reasoning, the possible reasoning behind what happened that day, uh, that uh, infamous day. Uh, Paul Iganiwe is uh, standing, uh, standing with me now and he, he published a journal uh, talking about uh, the concept of uh, infrasonic weapons. And so he's going to maybe take me through the site, he's studied the site closely uh, in the days literally and weeks uh, after the incident and he's going to run me through uh, what his sides are and, and the basis of his paper uh, that uh, he wrote uh, telling us a little bit about it. Paul, uh, welcome to ANN7, thanks very much obviously for joining us. Uh, just run us through what your sort of basic findings were uh, when you first came to the scene. I haven't gone uh, studied the CCTV. I discovered that uh, the plane kept flying over where we are standing now, the building was here, and it flew for four different times. And uh, from the analysis of the video, I discovered that after the fourth time the plane flew over, 30 minutes later the building came down, about approximately 30 minutes it came down. Now the interesting thing is that, why would the plane keep flying over the building in a manner that seems consistent of trying to induce or trying to fire a kind of infrasonic weapon, which of course is what I published and it was accepted to, to be so. Now having gone through that, I came to that conclusion that that plane carried an infrasonic generator, which consistently fired pulses of the infrasound over the building and it needed to give a complete or enough intensity of the doses. That's why it kept coming back. And interestingly, immediately after the building came down, the plane never came back again. So let's assume that the plane was just on routine flying over. Now the building has come down. Why is the plane not continuing? Local structural engineers, independent to the church, have studied the site and gave us their conclusions. Anybody that watched the footage, you will see the, bu the building come down as if a slice of bread. You know, when you arrange a slice of bread, how did that bread come down? The, 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 a building of six story come down. Will that teach to left or teach to right? And be any structural failure. Number one, you have to know the, the point of the load that maybe the weight of the building go to that side. But this area, everything come down within a seconds. And show sure, anybody that come here see glaring that the core room is intact, nothing touching it. And the other side, we see some chaos there. It's intact. We removed that one because of the rescue time. The theory of infrasonic weapons, I just briefly want to know what your uh, thought is uh, on infrasonic weapons and the damage that it can cause uh, to a building such as this? Yes, there is really where some science things they are saying if if they, 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 if they plant something inside the building you will see the chemical reaction on the outside. But in this, in this case we don't see any chemical reaction but we are seeing, seeing that when the, the plane fly over four times because the building didn't have any signs of stress. 
It didn't have any signs of cracking. This, the building stands firm. Nothing like slash cracking, whatever, or in the building. But after the plane flying over four times, within before 30 minutes, the plane come down, and the plane it don't come back again. <laughs> The focus for the church is the government planes that flew over the building on the morning of the incident. The response from the government was that routine Nigerian Air Force training coincidentally took place that morning. Are you saying then that Nigeria, somebody in Nigeria, possesses infrasonic weapons that could have brought this building down? I wouldn't know if it is somebody in Nigeria or somebody outside Nigeria. This is weapons of international dimensions. It could have been that it was brought from outside the country, perhaps to test, you know. People do a lot of weapons testing and sometimes people are not even aware. I'll give you an example. Some years back, I've forgotten the exact dates now. The Americans were testing this same kind of weapon, another generic sonic weapons, in one of the islands. And you know what? All the dolphins in the in the ocean were dying and washing off ashore and truly speaking that's that's not my business it's the business of the government and the security agencies to ensure properly what happened here because mine is to show that this is what happened and i think that i have done that with people who have never met me and who are better experts in in this field as you say you're a scientist looking at how buildings get demolished controlled demolitions this looks almost exactly the same um, can you categorically say that there were no explosives found in this building and that it, it must have been done from the air? Yeah, there are, there are certain misconceptions that we need to educate non-scientists when we talk about controlled demolition. Controlled demolition means that it is controlled by humans. And you see, in using explosives for controlled demolition, you want to achieve an aim. The aim is to transfer the energy of the explosives into the building to bring down the building. Now what happened here is similar in the sense that infrasonic energy was transferred into the building. It's just that the methods differ. In the, in the traditional case you place in explosives, that cannot be done clandestinely. And if that was the case, there would have been chemical signatures that we would have seen. Like I said, the tent behind us now would, wouldn't have been standing. One time the building just came down, the building came down silently. And that is why I am insisting. And again, the way the building came down, the building came down directly vertical. The videos are all over the internet of how building came, comes down when it's as a result of poor construction methods or poor materials. Such buildings always tilt. But this building did not tilt, it just sat on itself.
when I presented that at the coroner's court, uh, they, the coroner didn't believe that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. Because, like I said, I keep insisting. I am an, a scientist. I am not a member of this church. So far, I have not been a member. I was interested for the fact that this is what I was doing when I worked with the government. I had worked with the government in the Ministry of Defense at the Defense Industries Corporation of Nigeria where we, we produce weapons for the country. And that background made me to, to suspect that this is what happened. If the plane actually flew according to that label, will our CCTV camera be able to carry it? That is part of the question Corona failed to iron out before giving it back. Were there no questions asked of where the plane took off from? Surely there are flight details. Every single flight is documented where it takes off from, uh, where it's, what's its purpose of its travel, who is on board. Um, is that not going to be investigated? No, they were unable to do that, you know, because the play had to do with military something. Nobody came to actually give details about that. They, nobody, we, we, they couldn't produce who the occupant for security reasons, you know, because it's a military plane. For security reasons, nobody was able to provide that uh, security aspect of it. Nobody came. That is part of the question, but despite that fact. Another interesting aspect of the, the collapse of the uh, guest house here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations was how the building actually collapsed. It literally imploded. And uh, it, there's a number of issues, uh, instances of it on the ground here that you can see. This is a cold room right here um, that is along the line of the actual building itself. It's no more than two meters away here from this cold room and uh, it wasn't damaged at all. And uh, they've actually left it here to actually show you um, how sort of completely that it came down without touching anything around it. Um, it is bizarre. I mean, this is the line of the end of the Synagogue Church of All Nations uh, guest house, and this is a call room, and it uh, literally hasn't been touched. Now the Synagogue Church of All Nations actually own 11 of their own ambulances. This is their fleet behind me here. There are 11 of them which uh, in some strange way were purchased a few months before uh, the 12th of September last year. Uh, generally the ambulances are used in the community and the surrounding areas just to assist uh, with uh, you know, sick patients or injured patients and elderly patients. But uh, on that day, on the 12th of September, these ambulances were used um, to obviously transport uh, injured in that building collapse uh, to the local hospitals. And uh, many people say it was uh, the prophet's intuition that uh, he knew that something was coming. And so uh, all of a sudden, one day, 11 ambulances arrived on uh, the premises and uh, they were used in good force. Well, I'm sitting here in amongst uh, the literally wrangled mess that is the guest house of the Synagogue Church of All Nations here in Lagos. It certainly is a, a, an eerie place considering uh, the death that occurred on the 12th of September 2014. There are a lot of people inside uh, the building that didn't lose their lives and uh, a lot of staff members worked uh, in the building as well. Uh, I'm chatting to Ayu here. He's, uh, he works at the Synagogue Church of All Nations and we're literally sitting on the place where he was actually uh, when the building collapsed. He's going to tell us a, a little bit about uh, uh, that experience. I appreciate uh, your time. Um, run us through what happened that day when you woke up. What happened? Okay, just like every other day, 
when it's time for visitors to have their food. So it was about lunchtime on that particular day. And um, I was probably getting ready, you know, making sure everything was in place for visitors to have their, to enjoy their food. Then before I knew it, I just looked up and heard a, there was a sound accompanied with my movement. Do, 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 do. So fast on the wall. Went so fast, it, it didn't occur to me because being in a very peaceful environment, you know, my mind was at rest and I looked, I followed it. Do, 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 do. Followed the sound and before I knew it, bang. It just started coming down so fast. I was standing up, right, just where we are, standing up. Just pushed me down, knocked me, knocked me off, and I was on the floor. And um, all I can remember, I blacked out. And by the time I regained consciousness, I found myself under a chair. I'd been pushed underneath. You know, I was stuck, I couldn't move you know, to the left or to the right, just stuck there, you know, surrounded with like sharp objects because the, the chairs and tables which are actually there had broken and they became sharp. So I was surrounded with this. And after a while, you know, because I had my phone in my pocket, the first thing that came to mind, probably trying to reach people, you know, but there was no signal because everything had come down and all the beams had become like a stumbling like a block. You know, barriers, there was no signal going through. And everyone was completely dark, I can tell you that. You couldn't breathe properly. Uh, how I managed, it's all by God's grace. I give thanks to God because from nowhere, as I lay down there, just find droplets of water just coming, you know, eating my forehead and on my lips. And probably, and it felt as if I was drinking a, a ocean of water. And before you knew it, the visitors as well were actually also trapped there. You know, they were in high spirit. Dying itself was so motivational, you know, because the circumstances around us was not encouraging. But they were all in high spirit, and they were praying to God, which I did join them. Um, and for you knew they were giving thanks. You had a particular lady who was leading them in uh, songs of worship and praise, and I joined them. And from time they would shout for help, and time passed. Before we knew it, we were being pulled out one by one. And I myself, I was being pulled out. And like I said, all God, uh, to God be the glory, you had people on site who were ready to help. And I, I was weeks away into the ambulance and taken. Uh, by that time, I, my eyes were partially open. I was looking around, trying to observe what was around. And I was taken to the hospital and the recovery started. And here I am today, you know, giving thanks to Almighty God. Well, as you know, the uh, devastating effect that uh, the Synagogue Church of All Nations guest house collapse had on South Africans. It certainly was an emotional time. There were 85 South Africans uh, inside this building when it collapsed, which uh, raised a number of questions as to how popular um, the Synagogue Church of All Nations is amongst South Africans and how many travel up here. I'm sitting with uh, uh, Kulani. Her dad uh, passed away uh, in that incident and also Blessing. Uh, he's sitting over there. His mother was a bishop and she uh, passed away uh, uh, during uh, that uh, building collapse. And we're just uh, going to get maybe a little bit insight into the families, how they're doing now, uh, how they were, um, and their involvement in the church at the moment. Uh, Kulani, obviously, uh, tell us uh, what transpired. I mean, uh, why was your dad here and how did you hear about what happened? My dad was here for spiritual upliftment. 
I came here, um, it was on the 11th of September last year, and then the building collapsed on the 12th, but I didn't find out that time. I was writing my final year in high school. I was doing my metric. So by that time, uh, we actually find out after a week it happened because I couldn't believe it. I was like, I oh, know it can never happen to Synagogue Church of All Nations. <laughs> that just Before my mom left, I was at school doing my metric. And the day before she left, um, she, met, she left a message um, to the whole family. I was in there. Um, she said to my sister, um, I'm going right now. Um, and if I don't come back, just look after the kids. Make sure um, they do well at church. And uh, my kids should um, do very well in school. And yeah, God will be with you. So then, um, after the incident had happened, I then remember that my mom would usually talk about such a day that would come. And she'd always tell us that when a day like this comes, you should know that I'm going to my comfort zone. You should rejoice. Don't start complaining and everything. Where I'm at is where um, God has assigned me to be. So, yeah. Do you ever question what happened? Well, everything happens for a reason. I don't question what happened because I know that my mom came here for a good reason. As we all know that this is the arena of liberty. She had came here to seek God's presence, to experience the love of God. And she'd usually come here, go back home um, with her life changed. You know, things would just turn around for everyone, not only for our families, but for other families out there. So she played a very important role in in influencing or in teaching other people out there to see God first and yeah. Well as we mark one year since the devastating building collapse here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations, more questions than answers remain. But the truth of the story is that 85 South Africans lost their life in this devastating attack. The truth of the story is that 85 South Africans lost their life in this devastating attack. In this devastating attack. I'm Peter van Onselen in Lagos for ANN7. One thing is clear, I have never seen where lying overcome truth. Truth will always work. Prevail. Emmanuel, good morning. My name is John T. Kluter and I'm from South Africa. I have a bit of medical background on the ambulances. Uh, I was a visitor at the time. I went over to the gates and reported myself uh, to help on the medical team. I was allocated to the rescue team and like always the church people are very organized. I was exactly told where to operate, where the tent, the medical tent was. By that time there was already a medical tent set up in the adjacent canopy. Everything was there, all the supplies, the medical supplies, everything was just ready there. And that canopy adjacent, just across from the building that actually collapsed, was set up as a medical tent and there were supplies and the clinic was there. And, and I saw a lot of sisters ready, you know, they were able to handle these medical situations. Fifteen minutes ago, pictures were taken of the building and suddenly it was just there, just on top of each other. The, the Red Cross was also here. That was also very amazing. They were just everywhere. 
the Red Cross was here to help us and I was I was glad and happy to say that I quickly realized that the church is also here to save lives because while as the the government organizations came in and started taking their decisions and trying to organize themselves the church people were running everywhere getting the tools in and bringing the excavators in and in a matter of the first few hours I saw a full-blown rescue operation on its way it was it was amazing to see sometimes I just stood back and I said what is this God it is as if he's prepared everybody 11 ambulances came in not from government not from even Red Cross they brought one but the church had 11 ambulances just in a queue waiting because of that we were able to bring the people out as they came out they went one by one into an ambulance and they were taken off to hospital we know the government organizations themselves didn't have any ambulance to add to the picture they they admitted that and uh, for their own reasons but those are the organizations that are supposed to have the equipment ready for national disasters this is a national disaster actually for me it's an international disaster yes it was very strange to me to see these ambulances I've seen them in February 2014 when I was here and I couldn't understand why the church could have 11 ambulances brand new fully equipped state-of-the-art why part of the fleet I didn't understand and I was told that the Prophet had a revelation to to buy them and to equip them to at the time he would donate them to the states to actually handle the situations that might be on their plate so when it happened the ambulances were here immediately it was it was divine and uh, yes I can just say this is good this is God for you from there on it went like that night after night the church people never stopped working all the volunteers never stopped working right through the night the floodlights were up continued right through the night next morning same thing after that the site was cleared and we could say for sure that no one was actually left here on the site and and all the bodies have been discovered I was very much touched by this operation and this time here at Synagogue Church of All Nations and I will keep on coming by the grace of God after that we came back many times this is about the fifth visit now we thank God for everything and just a last word to to our people that are back in the countries in our case South Africa so many people have made up their minds about what happened here without having the correct knowledge they they looked at the situation and because of of things that they heard and things that they were told they made their assumptions and I know and I've seen I would almost say hundreds of people realizing their mistakes by now three four months after the incident those people are saying we can see why you are going back and that is what rejoices my heart we have seen we have seen and we are challenging you come and see for yourself come and see for yourself and you'll be blessed like we are blessed and if God allowed this thing to happen to his servant he must have a brilliant plan
These are the relations of the matters of faith from all over the world. They have come to see the sights of the incident of September 12, 2014 because of the different stories that had been carried on the pages of the newspapers. This is the list of the names of the matters of faith. These are the foundations of the building that came down symmetrically within a few seconds on Friday, September 12, 2014. Viewers, good morning to you all. We are here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations at the site of the incident that happened on September the 12th, 2014. And behind me are the families of the martyrs of faith. Amongst them are husbands, wives, children, sisters, and brothers of those who were affected by the incident on September the 12th, 2014. They are here today to see for themselves at the site of the incident and to share their experiences. Let us be blessed as we listen to their experiences in Jesus' name. Morning, Emmanuel. Uh, thank God for being here. My name is Tembelitle Mamafa. I come from South Africa. Next to me is my son, uh, Liruna. Um, I would like to share what has happened to me. We arrived on Wednesday the 10th and uh, my husband was coming here for the third time. His name is Robert Mamafa. Um, well, we came with his uh, younger sister as well, Magdalene Maponya, and uh, was coming here for the second time, and his sister, it was the first time. Uh, he said to us on the morning of, the, of Thursday, with excitement that uh, we are here as a family, but we are not here as a family spiritually, because we are here for different reasons spiritually, and each person has, uh, know, uh, has, has a plan of what they are here for. So on the Friday of the accident in the morning, before I woke up, my sister-in-law woke up 
in the middle of the night, I don't know what time it was because I didn't have my phone at that particular time. And he just said to me, let's go and let's go quickly to church. And I said to her, what time is it? And she said, I don't know, but I feel like we need to go to church. And I said, no, go, go back first and then I'll come and follow you. And she woke up. I think it was around about 1 or 2 a.m. She woke up and took a bath. When she came back, she saw that I'm not waking up and then she slipped in into in, in, into the bed. So when I woke up at 5, I took the bath and then she followed me as well. When I got to church, um, I was saying to God, I'm here, God. I want to read the Bible first before I do anything. And I said to him, uh, where do you want me to start? What do you want me to read? And God said to me, read the book of Job. I then started reading the Bible and uh, I read up until 25 chapter or so, until 8 o'clock or so, then we're coming back to, to breakfast. That's when now we, I met my husband uh, because we had said we'll meet each other only at the dining hall. So, and that morning, my sister, just when we came down for breakfast, she was saying, I'm not feeling okay. Um, she never even ate that breakfast. And now in my heart, I was so excited, wanting to tell my husband about me reading uh, so many chapters of the Bible. I wanted to share with him what I have read. But something was just holding me, holding me. And I said, no, I'll get the time again to tell him. So we had that breakfast and then we went to, to church for, for the Bible session. And right about uh, 11, my sister-in-law came to us and said, uh, like I said in the morning, I'm not feeling okay. I just want to go to, to, to where we're staying, which is the building here. I want to take a nap. And then she gave me her Bible and her book, and she said, I'm going. I'll see you guys during lunch. And that was the last time I saw her. And we stayed with my husband, continued with the session until half past 12, which was the break time. And immediately, I love the food that is cooked here, so I don't normally miss the, 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 the meals. But for some reason, at that particular time, I just felt some hot air coming into my stomach. And then immediately, I felt full. And then I said to my husband, I am not going to join you. I'm feeling okay. I'm fine. I've got snacks here with me. So I'm not going to go, I'm going to have the snack and then I'll see you guys when you come back for the next uh, Bible session. And then I even said to him, my husband, you said to me, we're not going to have family time here. We're only coming here for our spiritual growth, our spiritual, spiritual lessons. So I said to him, I've got snacks with me stay with me don't go for for lunch and so that we can have time alone time for ourselves and he said with me um maybe for five to ten minutes before the accident and just when we were busy chatting talking about our family and everything he just stood up in a flash and said you know what i'm going for a full meal i'm not going to sit here for your snacks i'm going to the dining hall i'll see you see you when i come back and then he stood up just like that and gave me a hug, he gave me a kiss and told me that he loved me and then he, he left. But just when I was opening the Bible and uh, I heard the voice saying to me, no, leave the book of Job and read Psalm 23. I said, it's okay because I can hear this is you, God. And then I, con I started reading um, Psalm 23. So I believe that the accident was happening just at that time when I was uh, praying uh, in, uh, using Psalm 23 
and I was meditating on it when the accident happened. I uh, was not even aware what was happening. I was sitting right there where we were, where, where people left us, and immediately I saw people rushing in, and I could see the commotion coming uh, at the gate. That's when I just left everything and then went to see what was going on. But by that time, a um, rescue mission had started, and uh, that's when last I saw my family. I felt bad, but it's amazing the strength of God that I received during that particular time. I was not afraid, and I felt my spiritual life, instead of going down, it went up. I felt myself getting more closer to God. I thank God that even during that time, he has given us so much strength and we have managed to take the situation well, the whole family. And we, he has been really carrying us through and we thank the church as well for everything that they've done. Men of God TV Joshua he has done so much and we really appreciate um, everything from Emmanuel TV, the partners, and we've been able to carry through up until now that have come back. One thing that I would also like to share just before we left um, South Africa coming here on the 10th, my husband was having strange dreams, dreams of death. And he said to me, things that I'm dreaming, somehow they will scare you. And I'm looking forward to go to synagogue so I can meet prophet and discuss them with him because I also don't understand much of them. But the few that he shared with me, um, he once woke up in the morning and he said, I'm feeling that uh, here in the family, there is somebody very, very close to us that is not going to be alive in 2016. And I was at that time scared of death. And I tried to push that subject away. And I was like, you are now starting your things, uh, your things and stories. And he said, no, actually 2016 is very far. This person won't come to, won't reach 2015. And uh, he said, you, you know, we need to start our plans and do something about that. Uh, three days before we came, he woke up again and he said this time, uh, woke up in the night, um, just before I woke up, I dreamt of something strange. He says, this thing that happened, I was somewhere in the building that I don't know, and um, something fell from the sky. And when this thing fell from the sky, it made a big, a big bang sound uh, when it reached the ground. And then immediately when that happened, something raised me from, from the bottom. And then it was like a parachute that just took me from the bottom and then it shoot me straight to the sky. And he says when he was there in the sky, he just saw the light, a big light. And while he was still wondering what was happening to him, and then the light just, I mean, the, the very same thing dropped, uh, brought him back to earth. And with a, fl a, a minute in the flesh, he was just back again on the ground. And he says that's when he woke up. And I couldn't understand what he was saying because he has told me that he's been dreaming a lot about death. And I was saying to him, let's not worry. We are going to Synagogue Church of All Nations. We are going to see the prophet and we'll discuss all these dreams to him. And um, I felt that I need to share this um, with, with, with everybody because I feel that he saw something and something that was, ab was about to come. I only realized it myself just after the accident that it's actually what he was dreaming about. I thank God.
What I've learned from this uh, experience and from this accident is that we really need to live our day as if it was our last day. For me and my family, this has really has uh, drawn us closer to God and we are not afraid of death anymore and because we are living that day each and every day as if it is our last because the death of my family members both my, my husband and his sister it has brought the light to the family and it has brought us closer together and we really know and uh, that it, 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 they did not really die in vain and we can see the manif manifestation of, of, of God in our lives at this point and um, one thing else uh, again that I would like to highlight is that my husband was not afraid of death himself and he was talking of heaven as if it was his, his his home and he was ready to go anytime he will say it openly and publicly and he he, he longed to, to to be there my name is pindi lesibanyoni from south africa on the day of the incident i was sitting with my husband on the table waiting to be served of food while we were still sitting I could hear the thunderstorm. It was like it was going to rain. We were sitting facing this direction. Then when I looked at the back, because there was a window this side, looking through the window, thinking that maybe I will see clouds, I, it's when I saw the cracks. The cracks were so fast. I looked at my husband, he looked at me. We didn't know what to say. Then all of a sudden it was dark. We were on the floor. I slept facing the upward position. Then after some few seconds, it's when now I, I woke up on that, on that thing. Then I called my husband asking him whether he was fine or what. And he told me that he was fine, he was not scratched or whatever. Then we started praying, thanking God of saving us out of that incident. You know, the slap gave us a very uh, short distance just for us to, 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 to to, to, be, to, be in, to, to be kept under, underneath without any scratch or whatever. He said everything to me and told me that I must make sure through thick and thin that I keep my heart pure before God and I do not spoil the relationship that I have with God. Then he passed away. Then it's when I was then rescued and I was taken to hospital. After a while, I was denying that he has passed away. I thought he's going to come back to life. You know, when I came back from hospital on that evening, I was asking myself, where was he? I was asking everyone where my husband was taken to. But nobody could know because people were taken to different hospitals. Then I spent some days not knowing. Then on Tuesday, when I went to altar to pray that God should rescue my husband wherever he is, Immediately when I arrived at the altar, I fell asleep. Then all of a sudden, I heard my husband talking on my left ear. He was talking to someone else. He was not talking to me. He said, do you say, this is uh, Ruth. Ruth, do you mean Ruth for Naomi? Then all of a sudden, I saw three white women were sitting on my right hand side. And they were facing that direction. I could see them on the side. The one who was Ruth was, was having gray hair was sitting facing the other side. Then all of a sudden, I woke up on that dream. Then I could realize that my husband is no more in this world. The Ruth and Naomi is no longer in this world. They are above. 
And you know, before we came on this uh, service, God was taking me through the, the scripture where I could read about Naomi, the pain Naomi went through when he went to Amalek with his husband and when coming back alone. You know, I was feeling the pain for, 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 for Naomi. But all of a sudden, after, after that revelation came, it's when I knew that my husband is no more in this world. Then on Wednesday, it was confirmed to me I went back home. I thank God on everything because I realized the love of God for me. If the day of my husband was going to arrive while we were at home in South Africa, I don't think my husband will be at home with God. Maybe he will be somewhere else where. But I, I, I thank God that he made it possible that we, were, we are here and that he is there. Now... In, in whatever that I was going through, the only words that could keep me going is the words that were said by my husband before his passing. That in through thick and thin, make sure that you do not lose the special relationship you have with God. I thank you. Emmanuel. My name is Veronica Matebula from South Africa. I was not in the building when it collapsed. I hear this big sound like, Kum. I stood up. And when I stood up, I walked around the gate. When I looked on the road, there was no accident. Okay, what's going on here? And when I raised my eyes and looked this side, I just saw dust. And I said to myself, oh, that's where my husband is. And that's where my uncle is. Oh, okay. My mind just locked. I could not think anymore. And I started praying, God, I know you are sending your angels right now. You are helping everyone there. No one must die. Save my husband. Save my uncle. That was my prayer. Although I could not believe that my husband passed away, I thought he's one of the people who went to hospitals. He will come back. So I think I stayed in the church for two weeks went everywhere, and when I was sleeping one day, I had a dream and he came to me. But when he came, he was not alone. He was with someone, I don't know the person who was with, he was with, was holding his hand. But for me, it looked like one of the evangelists who I don't even know. And I said to him, ah, Mura, I used to call him Mura. Ah, where were you? I've been looking for you. Hey, come, let's go home now because your parents, your family is complaining. And he said to me, I am not going back with you. Sir, what do you mean you are not going back with me? We have to go. Remember our son. What am I going to tell him? He's only a few months old. He said, no, don't worry about our son. So who's going to take care of him? And then it's like he was with this guy, and then he let go of his hand. It's like he took a big bag of money. Say, you see this money will take care of our child. Never worry about anything. Say, okay, but what do I tell your parents when I get home? Say, no, don't worry. Where I am, I am at peace. So you have to go. You cannot be where I am. You have to leave. Say, no, I can't go home without you. I, we have to go back together. Say, no, this is how it's supposed to be. I have to be where I am, and we have to go home. And I went back home. What happened on that day? For me, those people who passed on, they could have passed on anywhere, wherever they were coming from. But because God's grace 
is enough for all of us sinners. That's why, that's why I tell people that, you know what, I believe I'm special to God, although I'm a sinner, but I'm super special because my husband didn't die at South Africa. He died in the house of God, and not just any house of God, where there's a true man of God who has a vision. Because if you check what's currently happening, the families and everyone, they are worried, oh, they died for this and that. They are saying a lot of things, but it's not about that. It, what matters is the way, where they went, because a night before the incident, our, I, something just told me to go and pray. I prayed for unusual prayer, like longer than normal. And I asked God, God, why am I praying so differently? Because I know how I pray, but I don't go this far. And I had to pray for my whole family, especially my husband. And my prayer was, God, I pray that each and every family member, before their time, let their names be written in the book of life. So that whenever you call them, their names are written in the book of life. And I asked myself, why am I praying that kind of a prayer? And when I finished praying, I found my husband in church reading the Bible. I said, hey, God, you do things very fast, ne? <laughs> and I went to sleep. And when I got to sleep, I sent him an SMS. I said to him, hey, my husband, since we met, I don't know, I might have done things intentionally, which are wrong, according to the word of God, and some unaware. Please forgive me everything. Let's pray for our son and for the salvation of our family members. It was after midnight. I fell asleep. When I woke up in the morning on Friday before the incident, and I saw an SMS, and he said, this is the best place for spiritual upliftment. But most of all, we must pray for the grace of our souls. And I was like, eh. This person has repented, like he's talking another language which I don't understand. But what matters, brethren, is where they are, not how they died. And for me, I say to myself, God, the time for crying has passed. Where they are, we should ask ourselves, are, are we going to get that grace that they received together? Because one day I was saying to God, I think it's better I also go there. Why didn't I die as well? So, but I remembered there's a reason. I don't know the reason because for me, before the building collapsed, I wanted to go in, but I did not. So there is a purpose for each and every one of those different types of categories. But what matters, all of us, where do we fall? Are we going to, the, to listen to the voice of God and do what God wants us to do? Or we will keep on talking earthly things which don't matter because I know it's because of grace. So all of us, brethren, I beg you in the name of Jesus Christ, let's pray for grace for the salvation of our souls, so that you don't know when you're going to die. But what matters is we must pray that our names be written in the book of life. So that on that day, because we don't know what's going to happen, you saw the, on the news, the prophecy that the man of God gave. They were relaxed on a flight. I believe someone was sleeping. But look what happened. Another one, the sheep, 
Look why you see, like when you you listen to the man of God and you see things happening, then you understand that oh, this man is not just an ordinary man. When he prophesied about this year, he said it's a year of crossing the bridge. Emmanuel, I'm Mawera Philip Mbezi from South Africa. Brethren, I'm going to be very short. When seeing the building collapsing, this is what came into my heart. That I've got a duty to clear the clouds that is hanging, meaning what people are were saying around this incident. I remember when I was uh, phoned and told I've got to be interviewed. The interview went like this. They said, what do you think? Who did this? Are you going to blame T.B. Joshua, the prophet? I said, we have got one enemy. One. And this is what I want to tell you, brethren, that let us not lose the focus. We have got only one enemy. I said to them, it doesn't need an engineer to know, to understand what happened. That was a mere attack by the devil to the house of the Lord. And therefore, unfortunately, the devil has got his, his lieutenant, his, you know, people who worked with him. We, we, it is not our duty to say who, but we know only the devil is our enemy, number one. Now, the, the other thing that I, I said is, they said, if, if you, you get the invitation to, to Lagos, are you going to, to accept it? I said, the general overseer of SCORN, Prophet T.B. Joshua, is my brother in Christ. Whenever brothers meet, they encourage each other. I'm going to go there and go and get the encouragement from him. Now, people have got stories. Let us not co concentrate. Let us not lose our focus. We have got a home where we are getting to. I wish to be where my daughter is. I lost a daughter and only one daughter. I love. Mm, poor Victoria. Thank you. Emmanuel. My name is Tobega. Mrs. Masiba from South Africa. I'm from the Eastern Cape, East London. My husband was here. I'm so touched, you know. I don't know where to start the people who spoke before me. They've touched me very much. And it's even worse today, I'm very emotional. I'll tell you why later on. But, but I just want to do the summary. We are here as the families of the generals of God. Amen. Amen. The generals of the kingdom of God. We need not to bluff ourselves 
we need to be honest to God and to ourselves. The pain is there. We have to go through because if you behave as if nothing happened, you are lying to yourself. That is why we are here. And besides that, if you ask me, I was not even here for anything else more than time to get my own personal healing. Let me start by saying, when this thing happened on the 12th, I spoke with my husband 30 minutes before. It was quarter past one South African time and quarter past 12 here and quarter to 12. Quarter to one strike. And I was speaking to him. He was just saying, have you done this and that and that and that? And I was like, you're boring me because I'm doing these things now. And he was asking, have you done this? Go there. As if he knew that he was coming in his mind, that I'm preparing, have you done X, Y, Z. On this Monday, I decided to write an email to Men of God. My email was, my faith is not shaken. The content of the letter, I said, I pray for you and your family at large. And if they call you names, they call me names too. And if it's, if it's God's will that my husband dies, I mean, what else can I do? I said he can regard himself as a very fortunate person to die in the hands of God. I'm here standing here today to witness what has happened. I want to talk to the families like myself. I think we're very fortunate to be here and to be part of the Matthias. Today I said I am hurt. I'm looking at what Prophet has done, he's been doing to us since we've been here. That has touched me. I wrote an SMS to one of my friends to say, does this mean this is what my husband died for? To show me love of God, what to expect from God. Because if I can ask you guys, can death really separate us from God? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why we are here. Amen. If you can keep that in your mind, your life will never be the same again. Today I've got a father, you know, a father of all fathers, Jesus, through the prophet. The devil wants us to lose focus. Yes. They strike because they want to lose focus. Mm -hmm. I was playing videos for people who don't even understand. Believe me, so many people have joined the Emmanuel TV. Amen. Because whether you like it or not, whether you are in law or whoever you're coming from, I had to stick what believe in what I believe in. Amen. And I believe in Jesus. Amen. And I believe in prophet. Emmanuel. My name is Sony Magia. I'm from South Africa. I'm the mother of the Mataya. I've got a message for you to all the Mataya's family. Be two weeks before my daughter came here, 
she was 23, we went on holiday in Mozambique and we were staying on the 11th floor in that room. And uh, four years before that, we were staying same area in Mozambique. We were staying in another hotel next to the one that we were in. It, it was like just two floors. And then we arrived late around 11 o'clock on Friday in Mozambique. The following morning, she called me. She, she called me to her room, said, Mommy, come, come and see. And then I went. It was glass all over that uh, accommodation. She said, come, come and see. And then I went to the room. She said, see where God is taking us. She said, look, where, four years ago, where we were. She was showing me the previous hotel. And she said, look where God is taking us. God is taking us higher. And I marveled. I said, oh, we thank God. I didn't understand. And the first time when I came to Skowen, I didn't know prophet. I didn't know Skowen. I was just invited. And when I went back home, I remember on my arrival, I went and prayed. I said, I cried. I said, God, if you say you love us, how come we don't have the prophet that I saw in Nigeria, in our country? Last year, when uh, evangelist up the groof prophesied to the to the man of God, and then he said, "The Lord is taking you to another level. Be ready." I said, "God, if you are taking the man of God to another level, do not pass me by. I want to go with him." <laughs> and when I was taking my daughter to the airport, she wrote this SMS. That was the last last SMS that she she, she sent to me. Good morning. I'm sure she was saying to good morning to all of you, the Matthias. So get ready. It is a new dawn. Good morning. So she's saying to all the Matthias family, good morning. It is a new dawn. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Wanda Njobu from South Africa, Mpumalanga. I'm here to testify the goodness of God uh, for the salvation of the soul of my husband. Uh, when he got here, he was not saved. I've always been praying for him to get saved. I've always told God that, please do not take him before he receives you as his savior. And when he left home, he said, when I come back, I'm going to be a preacher. But now I want to share the messages that he sent while he was here. Uh, on the 12th September, 11.30 a.m. He sent this message to his friend. God is showing his holy face to me and I feel blessed to be granted his grace and I fully agree that the blood washed my sins away. My past is over. I'm a new creature. I am prepared to say to stay in his holiness until his second coming. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he sent to his brother, Veli. He said it, it was the 11th of September, 8.30 a.m. He said, uh, please tell old lady, old lady means mama, please tell old lady that I'm enjoying Lana Esinagogue Church of All Nations going. God's presence is, uh, is all over. Emmanuel, if God is with us, who can be against us? Tell her I love her to beats. And this is another message that same day, the 11th, at 10.02, two minutes past 10 a.m. I'm experiencing God's manifestation upon my life. God is good all the time. Emmanuel. Another message on the 12th, 
10.27 a.m. This is Sentry's firstborn son. It's nice. I feel I can spend the rest of my God-given life here, Emmanuel. And this is Sentry's second-born Swakile. He's here with me. It was uh, that day, September 12, 8.31 a.m. Lord Jesus died for our sins. What shall we give him in return? And he called me while they were on that service. In that service, they were singing. We are marching in the light of God. And they, they were singing in the background. He said, Mama Wanda, you hear this? I'm marching in the light of God. Bye-bye. I just want you to know that I'm marching in the light of God. And we thank God for the salvation of his soul. We thank God because that is the greatest miracle of them all. He just received grace in his last hour. And because when he left home, he said, when he come back, he's going to preach. The whole of our area will receive Jesus Christ. He said, when I come back, all of my friends will be saved. So during his funeral, many souls got saved. We even received grace to, to buy 50 Bibles to give away to people who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. So we feel it's mission accomplished. And to God be the glory. Uh, Emmanuel, yeah. I just want to confirm what my mother was saying and to say that we are in the presence of the Lord. More than we can see with our eyes, more than we can feel with our hands. Uh, I just like to encourage everyone and to say, carry on praying, carry on believing in Christ, for He is our Savior and the Lord is our God. Amen. Yeah. I just want to bring some little evidence before God. The matter is her firstborn, Alice Mashiho. Just before the building collapsed, she phoned me. Lagbo two two one. Just before one South African time. Yeah. She told me, Mama, I'm no longer coming back home. But why? So she asked her why. figure since I arrived in Lagos and spoke to God, God told me that He needs me. Why is God saying He needs you? You left here to come to Lagos and God say He needs you. Why is He needing you? She said we cannot argue with God. You just listen to what I'm telling you. Amen.
God has been persistently telling me that he needs me. Just tell the children that I'm not coming back home. For us to see each other again, just tell the children hourly, please be praying. And please, Mama, don't go back, keep on pressing forward. Because if you backslide, we'll never see each other again. Combine all the children and other people and tell them about God. And when you talk about God, Mama, don't be ashamed of Him. There are many verses that she gave me, but I didn't write them down. I've seen God's power waking since my child went back home. When the family members came and found her strong, they said she's lying. She sold this child to Prophet T.B. Joshua. And then she said, there's no one who killed my daughter. The first time, first time my daughter told me where she was going. And there's no one who can tell me more truth than what my daughter told me before the building collapsed. I don't want to say this and that. I don't want to say more. I'm here to give a, a testimony of what God has been doing since my daughter passed away. The goodness of God. I've seen the grace of God since my daughter passed away. Even people who were not talking to me, suddenly I started seeing them talking to me, greeting me. A word came to the little sister, Innocentia, from the Mataya, that please look after Mama and please be strong and keep on going on. Because for five days Innocentia was not eating, she was unconsolable. She was crying all the time to a point where there was blood coming through her nose.
the mother said where she is, she's with God, they are rejoicing, they are singing songs, so they must stop crying because she's alive, she's not dead, so they must just look after the uh, mother. I thank God for what he did through Prophet T.B. Joshua for taking those God might have thought they would die in sin and he took all of them and rescued them and delivered them. Emmanuel, my name is Innocentia. I don't know what to say because my mama has said a lot about my sister. My sister came to me in a dream and said that we must pray and not and we must pray and not cry. Thank you. Because of time and the emotions of the people, we will not be able to go further. <laughs>